Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. He led the Pulaski Academy Bruins to nine state championships in his time there. Bill Belichick described him as probably the best high school coach in the country. His unique strategies garnered attention nationwide. The Zone welcomes Kevin Kelly into the show. Brought to you by Bowen Hefley Orthopedics. The best surgeons, the best treatment, all focused on you. Coach, thank you for your patience. We are on the road at Simmons Bank in Whitehall. Lovely new location, 1305 Robin Road. Ribbon cutting at 2 o'clock. We encourage everybody in the neighborhood to come by and say hello. If you're not in the neighborhood, get in the neighborhood. This is a great new location. Spectacular. So uh, happy to be here. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you hear me okay? Do I need to put it up to my mouth? You That's sound fantastic, actually, and I don't That's often nice say that. ever said to me. Nice well, today, to me. maybe as good as it gets. I'm Coach, yeah, I've, always wanted to, I've always wanted to be involved in a ribbon cutting. I know. You know, I don't know where they keep those big scissors. I don't know if they've got some kind of giant sheath. Scissors? Yeah. I know. I know. I've never done that. Did you guys not do a ribbon cutting at your new, uh, your new business yet? No, because I think you've got to actually be building the facility, like from the ground up, and they cut the ribbon no, there. No, no. I don't think they no. can you just move it. No, that's not true. Um, you do a groundbreaking when you're first building it, and then you do a ribbon cutting once it's open. Yeah, we missed this. My stupidity. We missed out. Well, no. Listen, this place has been open since February. They do a soft opening, and then you do like a grand opening, and that's when you do the ribbon cutting, and you have the Chamber of Commerce over, and you rock and roll. So I can still do a ribbon cutting. 100%. Wes and I I would love to come out and do a remote during your ribbon cutting as well. We we can go on the ribbon cutting circuit, Wes. We can open all kinds of new businesses. That's a good circuit to be on. People love ribbon cuttings, and they love circuits, and they love you guys. Well, they like us, at least, and they tolerate us mostly, but... I think they um, love Wes. Yeah, that's true. Okay, good point. That's uh, not the nicest thing you've ever said to me, but it's one of the most honest things you've ever uttered. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, well, uh, hey, before we dive into uh, football items, and I want to get your thoughts on the analytics side on basketball, too. Wes is uh, all over UConn. But I want to get your thoughts on um, pickleball, Coach. And, you know, you were the one that introduced me to it, and I have become sort of light addicted to it, I will say. I'm not, like, crazy, crazy, but I'm trying to play at least once, if not twice a week right now. I'm really digging it. I think I'm getting less terrible at it. Although I played with a guy the other day who was, like, way, way better than all of us, and he hardly ever plays. He also had just shot a 70 the day before on the golf course. I hate guys like that that are good at everything. They're so annoying. I wanted to punch him, but he was on my team, and he carried me to, like, four victories in a row, so no big deal. But now I find out you're cheating on me, and you're trying to drag Basil into the pickleball circuit, and he acted like he discovered, you know, sliced bread. He's like, oh, yeah, sliced bread's really good. It's like, David, I've been eating sliced bread for a few months, thank you. Welcome to the party. But I saw you took him over there and uh, and are indoctrinating Basil as well, which watching David run around with all his ailments, I don't know. I guess he's trying to use Rogers like a surrogate pickleballer, but – Anyway, I feel a little hurt, but uh, I know your job is to spread the word on a on a great, fun sport that's pretty easy for people of all athletic abilities to play. And uh, I got to give you kudos, even though I did feel a little bit uh, a little bit cheated on. Got to say. Well, then, and then let's hope David's not listening. But that was not me that invited David. He showed up, and and then when he showed up, he was asking questions and talking to people and watching and and that kind of stuff. And he came over to me and we started talking. So. I did not give David the invite. So far, you're my, you're, you're my. I, I'm, I'm solely loyalty to you in our pickleball relationship. All right, that's fine. 
All right, we can talk about uh, – let's talk about basketball because your analytics on the hoop stuff has been pretty good. We we had some disagreements on some games last week, and you ended up being dead on. Anything that stands out as far as these two matchups? You know, I was telling Wes, I kind of like the under on Florida Atlantic. I think their individual team number was 68.5 or 69.5. And the way San Diego State plays the game as far as their pace and also the way they defend, I like them to hold them down a little bit offensively. Florida Atlantic keeps getting doubted and keeps finding a way through. Uh, let's start with that game. What do you see as far as uh, key components from a wagering standpoint or a, a fan um, watching standpoint that you're looking for? Well, what I like is I like to look at, you know, the strength of schedule and how they play. Then I like to look at, and people talk about defense and this and that and the other. Some of that's random and some rebounds are random. But the one thing that holds true, if you can get people that played either like opponents, like in a conference, which these two aren't, or strength of schedule-wise, is how how well can they put the ball in the basket? Field goal percentage, free throw percentage, and three point percentage. And teams that do that better in all three categories tend to win these NCAA tournament games. And uh, Florida Atlantic shoots quite a bit better. Uh, it, it's only two percentage points, but that's a lot. They're fifty second in the nation, and San Diego State's one hundred eighty first. So that gives them the advantage there. But San Diego State shoots better in free throws, and Florida Atlantic shoots better. At the three-point range. If you've got all three, it's a definite play on against the spread anyway, and the spread's only a point and a half or something like that. Um, I lean towards Florida Atlantic. Not a big play for me, but I lean towards Florida Atlantic. I think they actually win this game. And a low-scoring affair, or you think they get to 70 points, high 60s? What do you expect? No, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I, I think San Diego, there, there's going to be periods. They both get after it on defense. I mean, really get after it. And, uh, and and I do think Florida Atlantic has the edge, and I like the way they run their offense. They take consistently better shots, which is why they're probably 130 slots ahead of them in shooting in the NCAA. But uh, San Diego State just gets up in your face and plays some good lockdown defense that we've seen against Creighton. Creighton scores the ball a lot. And they held them to 56 points. And if you look at at uh, uh, what San Diego State's done all year long, their defense has been fantastic and solid. And I think they can do that. But I think Florida Atlantic can do it too. I think it's a low-scoring game, and I think it probably goes under. But I'm I'm probably going to play Florida Atlantic, and I'm pulling for Florida Atlantic too. I think that'd be a cool story. It yeah. is. It is a neat story. Uh, Kevin Kelly joining us on the air right now. It is courtesy of Bowen Hefley Orthopedics. Let's talk about the other game here in UConn. And- Wes basically laughed me off to, to consider that Miami can make the game interesting. Is that a fair assessment, Wes? Uh, that's pretty close, yeah. Yeah, he basically said, you're stupid for thinking they can stay within five and a half. I'm going to make it more like ten on the line and try to make a little extra money here because I'm greedy, I think is what he yes. said. Um, do you agree with his take? I agree that, yeah, UConn's going to win this. And, man, wouldn't it have been, of course, Arkansas didn't come close to beating UConn. But, boy, this is the year to be in the Final Four. I mean, what's the highest speed the force? You know, and – UConn has dominated. They've looked good. The closest they've been in the tournament is 15 points. And manhandling Arkansas was one thing. But I thought, man, you know, maybe they were – I've watched them all year and thought they were really good. But manhandling Arkansas was one thing. You know, you could have one of those flash-in-the-pan great games. But when they just manhandle Gonzaga, too, it looks like a team on a mission. Uh, shooting-wise, both teams compare pretty solidly. Uh, in the shooting, they, they both shoot the ball really well. Free throw percentage, both of them shoot the ball really well. Three point percentage, both of them shoot the ball really well. But Connecticut has that inside out game that I don't think that Miami can match up with. I think Connecticut wins. I don't know, easy. They're going to play a game. I think they probably win between eight and 11 points, somewhere in there. 
All right, let's move on to Pro Day at Arkansas. And I, every year I marvel at uh, guys moving up and down at board, Coach, and having been in the, you know, in the offices and working with the Patriots, you obviously have some background in this. I just don't understand the thinking of how, why a guy bench pressing 225 a certain number of times is more impactful than what we saw from him from two or three or four years in college. But yet we see it every year and, and the 40-yard dash and that kind of thing. I don't know how many times offensive linemen run 40 yards, um, but I'm going to go ahead and say probably not very often. Maybe it speaks to their explosiveness, but nevertheless. Um, c- can you tell me in your experience how much they value what they get from the combine and what they get from pro days versus what they see through a player's career? It's actually there's actually a few reasons that some people value it, but but it's very you know some people value it way more than others. Some GMs, some coaches value the combine or the pro day way more than others, and uh, part of that is this: they'll look and they want to see you know they'll call the strength coach or have somebody call their strength coach and get the numbers and look at the pro day and go, how much did that guy work when he knew he was going to audition on his biggest stage of his career? Did he improve from what you guys had? To what you guys to what he showed on pro day that means he's a guy that'll get after it when he knows it's time to get after it if that makes any sense mm-hmm. psychologically because if you didn't improve any over the last three months and you knew good and well you were about to audition on that stage that tells you a lot about a person's work ethic and you know but it does speak to you you're exactly right it speaks to their explosiveness too and there's a certain level of strength that you have to have you know for instance i mean a tight end he can get away with, on the 225 bench press rep, he can get away with, you know, 8 to 10 to 12 if he's going to be a pass-catching tight end. Now, if he's going to be a three-down guy that's going to be in there on runs and passes, he's got to get his strength up because the first move that you make while you're moving your feet on a running play off the line or a passing play is you shoot your hand, you open-handed punch that, that defender. And it's got to have some impact because that creates a moment of hesitation or stoppage on the momentum of the defensive lineman. And you've got to have that in the NFL. You've got to have it in the run game. You've got to have it in the pass game. So there's a certain level. They've got to be able to bench press, and they've got to be able to repeat it. And it does. It speaks to the explosiveness in the upper body. And then the 40-time you're right, some coaches in the NFL will say that's the most overrated thing they do is run the 40. They need to run 10s, 20s, you know, and they do like the L drill and shuttle run. But uh, but still, that's a long-time factor. People look at it. They look to see if they've improved when they had a chance to work at it. But it does still measure some explosiveness. But if you'll notice, they come out with the 40 times at the combine, but they also have a laser set up at the 10 and the 20. So they're getting all three of those uh, timed uh, runs at the, at the combine. So that's what they're looking at. And like I say, it speaks to work ethic, explosiveness, uh, and also just the sheer – you know, freakness of some people. I don't know if you're – what was the tight end that played for Frisco uh, out of Maryland a long time ago that was for, the first tight end to run a 4-3-something? Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis, thank you. And, uh, you know, when – when if you never can tell when you're going to get a guy like that and they'll go, wow, what a matchup problem. And that could be the same for a defensive end and a 10-yard dash, and all of a sudden that guy moves way up the chart. So they're looking for anomalies and of guys that might – you know, have not shown that or they couldn't see it on game field. You couldn't see Vernon Davis running a 4-3-something. And all of a sudden he became a big factor in the draft and then an even bigger factor on the field at times. Coach, I've seen Will Levis moving up the draft board on some of these mock drafts. What do you think of Will Levis? I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that he's – well, I'm, I'm kind of surprised he's moving up the board. 
I'm not a big fan. I think their other quarterbacks are head and shoulders ahead of him, potential and what they've shown. And then if you dig around on next-gen stats, you can find analytics on their accuracy, and they'll go and measure how far was their throw. Was it behind them? Was it within three feet of the center mass of the chest? Those kinds of things. And Will Levis uh, is not one of the higher ranks as far as, as far as accuracy. And in the NFL, those windows get so small, and those third downs are so crucial, you can't afford an inaccurate pass. I've never been a guy that – like those guys coming out of the draft, or guys like I don't know if you remember the name Blaine Gabbard. I think he came out of Missouri, really mm-hmm. high draft, real high draft choice. And there's been a couple more in the last few years. They also they threw the ball. He threw the ball shorter amount of yards past the line of scrimmage in college. Anybody coming out of the draft that year, he got picked higher because completion percentage was high, and this, that, and the other. Well, he's throwing the ball six yards every time. I mean, anybody can throw it six yards, but can you throw it twenty? with a guy in your face and and with a one-foot window in there. And he showed that he couldn't do that. So, you know, when when people are moving them up their mock boards, most of the time they have their favorite thing about a quarterback. Well, I'm going to look at his completion percentage, or I'm going to look at this or that. And Levis has done good in in some of those things, and I think that's it. But if you look at his film, and I've watched a lot of his film and Young's and and, uh, uh, CJ's film, and but Levis, I think, is definitely the worst one of those threes. I rank Anthony Richardson out of Florida ahead of him. And uh, Richardson's got some things I watched last night on film that might actually it lends me to believe he's got a chance to have a future in the NFL that's not bad. Coach, we're going to have to run. I'd like to keep you. If you want to thank some of our friends over at Bone Heffley, knock it out, and then uh, we'll check in with you next week in person. We'll be back in the studio. Okay, miss you guys. Glad you guys get to do a ribbon cutting. That's on my bucket list. I want to slap those big scissors. But uh, thank you, Martin, uh, uh, our Bowen and Heffley Orthopedics, for having me on. Appreciate these guys. They do a great job. Knees, hips. I just played pickleball, by the way, Justin, and you're always invited. With a guy that had total knee replacement in January. Total knee replacement. It's March, and the guy's on the pickleball court playing at a 4-0 level. Incredible what they can do. And uh, and the method and the and the and the niceness and the way they explain everything, he rehabbed perfectly. Is out there in two months. It doesn't get any better than that.